The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast, brought to you by FanDuel. Clay Link here with lead prospect writer James Anderson. And a big thank you to New Day, N-E-U-D-A-E, at New Day Music on Twitter. We appreciate the song Lion Kings. James, no article this week as you are working on draft prep, getting most of the notes that we'll be putting up in real time during the draft written, pre-written. Obviously, there will be some tweaks depending on where some of these guys land, but putting in a lot of time so that we're really up to date uh, to the minute as picks are going down. Yeah, that's always one of my favorite nights of the year. You and I just kind of hunker down in the office, uh, usually not that many people around. And, you know, we get to watch the draft in real time, which is always fun. But then, you know, putting the notes up on the site, uh, feel really good about the analysis we're going to be giving people this year. And, it's a it's an interesting draft class. It's I mean every class is a little bit different, but um, this one is is particularly kind of tough to nail down, especially from a, a fantasy perspective. Yeah, so we'll talk about some of the work you're doing there, but just want to talk generally about some of the young guys we're seeing at the big league level in the past couple of weeks. And it took less than two weeks for that trade we made on air to look extremely bad in my case. Fam <laughs> um, got into a long slump and. Soto, who I thought maybe we could see, get the call way earlier than anyone could have expected. Looking good early on, too. Good handle in the strike zone. A lot of thump in that bat. Opposite field thump. Uh, good <laughs> to see, man. What are, you, what are your expectations for him? Because um, I look at our projection on the site, which was added recently, and I think that's pretty fair, but I think that's maybe closer to the floor than the ceiling with him. What is our projection on the set? So it is rest of season, 81 games, 14 homers, 278, 337, 451, 55 RBI, five steals, caught five times, uh, 43 runs scored. I I can get on board with that, actually. I mean, I, I don't – you're kind of 
I think your projection model would just be completely flawed if you just if you just said, well, look at this guy's pedigree. Look at what he's done in the minors. He's just going to immediately be one of the best hitters in the big leagues. Uh, yeah, we have him like that. Puts him as like a top one fifty player. But right. Yeah, that's yeah. probably and, quite and, reasonable. And I don't. And the thing with Soto is he's not going to run. So you know, unlike Ronald Acuna, if, if Ronald Acuna goes out there and hits like two forty five, two fifty, he's still going to be plenty valuable in fantasy because he's going to be stealing 20 plus bases this year Soto's not going to run so if he you know for whatever reason whether it's just a combination of bad luck and you know making adjustments but uh you know for whatever reason if if Soto only hits like 250 260 he's not going to be a fantasy stud I mean he's going to be kind of a, a borderline guy in shallower leagues so he really needs to hit for a high average get to that power in games for him to be what it's going to cost to to acquire him right now in, in fab in our upcoming uh staff leagues i mean the the, the price is going to be pretty insane there as yeah, the a, prices were insane yeah. in like every other league where and not nfbc because he wasn't available but like tgfbi i think he was like 600 plus in my league <laughs> that's you know i bid what did i bid i think i bid like a little over 200 in my league uh figured i wasn't going to get him i think he only ended up going for around 300 in my league <laughs> so um yeah i think that's that's reasonable in a league like that, but in like our stake league, which is eighteen teams, I expect it to be, uh, you know, at least that. So in my TGFBI, fifteen teams, he went for about thirty percent of the budget. I think he goes for at least sixty percent of the Fab budget in our eighteen team stake league, and that's just because, uh, you know, a guy with that type of upside who's playing close to every day just that might be the only time that player is available on, on the waiver wire in a format that deep. Yeah. And we talk a lot about how a lot of most of these guys are stashed. Pretty shocking that he wasn't, well, even though it did seem like a long shot. I mean, I, I don't see, I don't think anyone should feel bad for not stashing him. I mean, he had just gotten the call to double a like it's true, but it's, there was an obvious need at the big league level. I mean, even before Kendrick went down. Yeah. I mean, I just, when was the last time you saw a prospect promoted that aggressively at that age? I really don't think it's ever happened. Like ever, I think it's completely unprecedented to start at low A and get to the majors like uh, before the, we're two months into the season. The um, the one that kind of comes to mind is Manny Machado. Um, let's see, in 2012, he'd gotten 109 games at Double A, and then he got he, he got skipped over Triple A. And I remember that was like a big surprise at the time because he, you know, he jumped Triple A. I don't think people are even expecting to see him in the majors that year. But even then, he had, he had about a hundred more games at Double A than Soto. I mean, he was he was still about he was still super young. So that that's kind of the parallel there. But uh, yeah, I mean, the, how many hitters are probably being stashed in our stake league right now? Like twenty, something like that. <laughs> and so I don't. I really don't think anyone should feel bad that they didn't see this coming. I mean, the only person that I ever saw kind of float the idea that he could be fantasy relevant this year was Steve Gardner a couple of weeks ago from USA Today. And, and even Steve, kind of the way he worded that tweet, definitely wasn't expecting a, you know, a May promotion or probably even a June promotion, just kind of a, you know, he might be ready before Victor Robles is ready. And, you know, I thought that was a, a great call. Uh, I didn't really see this happening just because it's just there's no real precedent for it. And though kind of what makes it even crazier is that Vlad Jr. has been doing what Soto's been doing, but all year at double A and he still can't get the call despite t- uh, even crazier numbers, too. Yeah. And despite like the Blue Jays have a need too, and they're just for whatever reason kind of taking their time on that one. Yeah, I will say, too, I mean, Steve Gardner was the first to even float that idea, but there was somebody, I think it was somebody from CBS, maybe Chris Towers or Heath Cummings, somebody like that, who did pick up Juan Soto the week before in TGFBI. was the only person to do it, a $0 bid. It's looking pretty nice. nice. Anybody you picked up as a backup uh, in that league on on a cheap bid? Because I I picked up Eloy. Oh, you did? Yeah, $0 Eloy stash. Where were you already stashing him? Uh, stake league. Oh, right. Stake okay. League. Um, I picked up Brandon Crawford. Like we talked about on the, the XM show, I, I dropped Scott Kingery, picked up Brandon Crawford, uh, for I think like 40 bucks or something. Um, just kind of wanted to get a, 
a competent stick in there that was going to play every day until Vlad Jr.'s up or until Willie Adamas is up for good. Um, I don't, you know, I'm only stashing, the only two stashes I have are, are Vlad Jr. and Adamas. I, I guess Adamas still kind of counts as a stash to me since he's going to go down and then come back up. But, um, yeah, no, I, I, there there really wasn't much else out there in my league. Yeah, I just, I mean, I already have Kristen Stewart too, but I just, you know, you and I are both leading our respective leagues, and I just feel like, you know, best to have a guy who can really give me a shot in the arm later in the season than keep some of the guy. Like, keep a Drew Steckenrider. <laughs> you know, that wasn't an easy, or wasn't a hard choice to make uh, whatsoever. But I'm glad that you mentioned uh, Willie Adamas. Yes, he will probably head back down. It's frustrating, but probably only for a couple more weeks. Then I think he's pretty much up every day. And I mean, yeah, it's, there's not standout skills or one standout tool necessarily, but the skill set is so well-rounded that I think he'll be relevant in a lot of leagues. Yeah, he's, you know, you can, I, I've given the, the Rays a ton of crap um, just because of how cautious they are, how conservative they are with promotions. But the one benefit of it for fantasy is that usually when the guys get the call, they're they're pretty ready to be uh, effective from a fantasy standpoint. And Adamus has over a full season at AAA. He's always he's always hit well there. He's hitting better. Or he hit even better than he did last year um, before getting the call this year. We we saw the home run off Chris Sale. Um, I I think you know the trend we've seen the last couple of years is a lot of guys are getting to the big leagues and hitting for a lot more power than they hit for Mm -hmm. in the minor leagues. And I think Adamus is just tailor-made to be the next in that long line. And it's not like Adamus wasn't hitting for power in AA and AAA, but, I mean, it was kind of more like 10 to 20 homer power. He's got like 30 homer power in the big leagues. I mean, he's he's just really strong. He's got – he's able to generate some loft. I think that he's – going to feast on that that MLB baseball that, that, that he hasn't been able to feast on in, at AAA. And better bet in points leagues and OBP leagues just because I think he's going to walk a ton and I'm not sure where the average is going to fall, but it's, it's possible he ends up being a five-category contributor this year. Maybe chip in eight to ten steals, uh, 15 to 20 home runs. You know, I, I could see him hitting as high as like 275, 280. So a guy that really should be rostered in the majority of formats at this point. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I really think that, you know, the Major League Baseball is so interesting for prospects because it makes them so hard to project from a power standpoint. I mean, look at Glaber Torres. He's already up to eight this year and 105 plate appearances. That's pretty crazy. It's not a something that's applied to every single prospect. Like look at Jesse Winker just had his first homer of the year today. Not everybody's going to come up and hit for a ton more power, but I think these guys with such good hit tools, we can expect them to add a decent amount when they, when they arrive. Is Winker just the only one? See, <laughs> yeah, is I guess it, you can put a pretty good blanket over everybody it, except for Winker. Is it just? It's just Winker. Winker's the only one that. <laughs> um, I was thinking like Kingery too. Oh, hasn't yeah, really sure. done much. Yeah. Winker, or I mean Kingery, you know, as much as he's been slumping, he's still got more homers than Jesse Winker this year. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> so okay, I. What do you think about? Um, Glaber Torres for next year, like a already kind of looking ahead like i think we might be seeing sort of the next like middle infield superstar kind of developing right before our eyes where do you see like could glaber torres be a borderline first round pick in drafts next year or do you think that that's just getting way too carried away with with how he's done so far this season well, I'll tell you this again. I've told you this before. Glaber Torres, I think my least favorite player in <laughs> baseball. I'm really like a little kid throwing a tantrum in my head whenever he does anything. Like I'm kicking and <laughs> pouting in my head because this guy should be a red. It's, you know, the Yankees don't need this kid. Come on. I'm number nine hitter, they just don't need him. Could be the, you know, the face of the Reds by now. But I think first round pick is steep. I think a third round is possi- possible, but, I mean, this torrid pace he's on is just nuts. The speed isn't part of his game, though, so would, would, I think he, you know, he'd have to be chipping in like 10 steals to be a first-rounder. Who, 
who do you think goes higher in drafts next year, Glaber Torres or Corey Seager? Ooh, that's a good one. I think probably because we haven't seen Seager you know, all year, it'd probably be Torres. And do you think Ozzy Albies is like 20 spots higher than Torres, 10 spots higher? Could they go, could they go interchangeably in certain drafts? Ooh, that's tough. I don't think so. I mean, I'd probably have him about 20 spots higher or so because, again, speed. And we haven't seen Albies run a ton yet this year, but he hasn't had to. He's been trotting around the bases. Right. So I think you know, you had the 20 steals maybe over the course of a full year with that pop. I think that gives the edge to Albies. But, yeah, it's not a huge gap. Yeah, I, I just think it's it's fascinating watching Glaber Torres. I, I get some Carlos Correa vibes with him. Um, yeah, totally. Just a really, really impressive young hitter and a guy that I was uh, definitely too low on coming into the year. I, I had him behind guys like Victor Robles, Nick Senzel, Fernando Tatis, Bo Bichette. Uh, you know, I think I had him behind all those guys and – uh at the time it it felt right i thought torres was going to be more of like a 20 homer guy at least initially but uh clearly there's there's more in that bat than than i was betting on and and obviously the major league baseball has something to do with that but it it totally looks legit yeah i was hearing chrysalis talk the other day on the xm show he got torres for two bucks in al tout wars i he probably went for about that much in al labor i forget exactly but Maybe this is just another lesson and you know, not not devaluing these guys because they don't have a quick path to, to the big leagues because when they're up, player of this caliber, I mean, this is like a top, pretty easy top 150 guy the rest of the way. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think Glaber uh, is kind of this year's Cody Bellinger where and, – and it actually works on several levels because – you have a lot of remorse about a, a Bellinger drop from last year. I have a ton of remorse about a Glaber drop from this year. I dropped Glaber in the Beat James Anderson League after the first week Ugh. just because, you know, 12-team league, uh, he was, you know, I think he was off to a, a slightly slow start at, at AAA. I could be wrong about that. But, like, you know, I only have seven bench spots needed to add – whatever to, to plug plug a hole and it was like well i'll drop this guy maybe i'll get him back in fab a week or two later and then i think he went for like 250 bucks in fab the next week because he was on a crazy hot streak as soon as i dropped him and oh. right now i you know instead of glaber torres i've had almost a full season of orlando arcia and then just made the switch from arcia to dansby swanson uh, would would sure love to have Glaber in there <laughs> instead of those guys. So I'm I'm gonna wear that one on the chin and and I hope it doesn't cost me the league. Yeah, that, those leagues are fun. You and I both got our first opportunity to do a, you know beat James Anderson, beat Clay Link, respectively, and it's a good time, man. But it's some tough decisions when it's so shallow. Uh, I did drop Kingery this week. Good to have Hap, you know, plugged back in. He's playing a lot better lately but i think middle infield has been tough all around would love to have a glaber share um but uh, unfortunately do not and it looks like that could hurt me quite a bit but with that in mind i mean another guy who seemingly you know doesn't have a path to regular playing time for much longer austin meadows but he's another guy who's in a similar situation to some others where it's like i think you have to hold even in the shallowest of leagues because if the situation works itself out and he plays a lot could be a difference maker because I'm hearing that he is actually seeing the ball a lot better up at the big league level because he's seeing the ball and the spin under the bright lights even better. So more power is, with is him that, too. Is that seriously what it's being attributed? That's to? what he's saying. He's saying he's seeing the ball better. He's already got two homers off lefties. It's the same lefty Amir Garrett. So take that. Now we got to account. We don't only have to account for the MLB baseball, but we got to account for the MLB lighting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bright lights, baby. Guys, seeing the ball better, but I—he's another guy where it's like, okay, maybe he's hitting for more power than we thought. Well, well maybe quite a bit more um, against the Major League Baseball. 
runs a little bit too, and just a pretty good hit tool. So I think he's a guy to hold. Uh, what do you do with with a guy like Meadows in a, in a shallower league? I'm really, really tempted to say try to sell high on him, especially after today when he hit his third home run of the season in like five games or whatever it's been. Uh, there's, it's just, it's such a nightmare as an analyst to have to deal with these guys that just, you know, Meadows hadn't hit for power for like a, a full calendar year, really, at AAA. And, you know, he gets up to the big leagues. I mean, it kind of reminds me of Jesse Winker last year. And, you know, if you faded Winker uh, coming into this year, that paid off. And I'm tempted to say that sort of fading Meadows the rest of the way is it's going to look smart, but I mean, he, he could just, you know, it's just could, could be the new normal with him. So, uh, I, I will not have to make a decision on that because I have no shares. Um, hashtag no shares, but no, thanks. No share. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, I, I'm probably the wrong person to ask just because I just, I feel like the bottom's going to fall out, but it it's, he's making it harder and harder to kind of maintain that, uh, philosophy and I'm guessing if you added him, you feel pretty good about it. You, you're pretty proud of yourself. So I'm, I'm probably not going to be able to talk into selling high on him, anyways. Um, you might just have to kind of ride it out. Yeah, and I mean it's tough to sell when like it's pretty much assumed that he's going to be heading down when Marte returns. So hard to bu- find somebody to buy on a guy who's heading back down soon. But do you see any way where they could like if he's you know, what What if he just doesn't cool off? Is there any way that he could cut into, like, Gregory Polanco's playing time? Like, is could he... I just don't see that. Yeah. I mean, I don't really either, but, I mean, it, it might... You might be sending down the best hitter on your team. <laughs> <laughs> it's looking that way right now. By the way, did you see that home run that Colin Moran hit off of Harvey? No. Just absurd. It was, like, up near his head, like... Actually, at his helmet level, and he somehow got to it, but it's nuts. Anyway, uh, fantasy baseball fans, <laughs> baseball season is here, and with baseball season comes FanDuel, offering the most exciting ways to play fantasy baseball, no matter what you're looking for. FanDuel, the excitement of fantasy baseball without the full season grind, something for everyone, tons of different contests and formats to choose from, starting at just 25 cents. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and enjoy watching your results in real time, how did you do last night in the Roadwire Baseball Championship, James? Uh, I mean, not not a complete disaster. I think I finished just outside the money, uh, paid up for Degrom, and then obviously you're not going to be able to afford much on the hitting side. I think I had Trout and Vado, and I think both were fine, but not didn't didn't quite do enough for me to to close on that. How about you? Yeah, I did finish fourth, so I did get that coveted top five finish, Ooh. you know. Ooh. I think that's my second top five finish. Oh, whoa. Top five finishers get into the final thing at the very end. R- uh, RWBC, com slash RWBC, by the way, to join another qualifier, get to play against us and, and many other people. I tried to get in on that Texas-New York game, but I just didn't have the right guys. You know, Judge went boom, Torres. I had like Stanton and uh, Gardner, so it wasn't wasn't as good as it could have been. But uh, you can play against your friends and play for bragging rights against us and the public for millions in cash prizes. Take advantage of our special offer for new users. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash RW. You'll get a free six-month RotoWire subscription, which will help give you all the tools you need to be successful with your first deposit on FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com. Slash RW Void where prohibited. James, some other guys called up, not necessarily making an impact yet, at least not as big, certainly as the guys we've been talking about. But Franklin Barreto got the call to replace Chris Davis on the A's active roster. Did get a start yesterday with Jed Lowry serving as the DH. You think we see that pretty regularly in the weeks ahead? Uh, yeah, I, I think that they want to get him as many reps as they can against big league pitching while he's up. They obviously don't have a great avenue to get him at bats when they're at full health just because of 
uh, you know, issues we've talked about in the past with just how well Jed Lowry's hitting and the the gap between Semyon and Barreto defensively at shortstop. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't say that Barreto doesn't have anything left to prove at AAA because he's really just been slightly above league average and he, he's striking out a ton. But I think the A's would like to know just, you know, how how confident can we be going forward that this is an everyday player for us because they have some other guys in the system. I mean, they, 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 Marcus Semyon still under contract after this year. Uh, Jorge Mateo is a guy that could end up playing middle infield. You know, maybe they, maybe they, uh, see Barreto more as a, as a utility guy, if he really struggles again this, this time around in the big league. So I think that they want to get as good of a read on that bat against big league pitching as they can. Nice. Well, before we move on to some draft talk, are you ready to change your tune on uh, Tyler O'Neill at all? Are you still pretty much set that he's going to be a, an average liability and kind of a, a middling fantasy option this year? Hmm, Tyler O'Neill. What's he been doing? <laughs> oh, all right. Um, Homer in what, like two or three straight? Well, he's got, got 10 strikeouts and three walks and 30 plate appearances. Um, That's about all you need to know. I mean, I, it is a big swing. I I think that there's the comp I've had on him for like uh, a while is like in terms of his ceiling is uh, A's Chris Davis because I, I just think that that's kind of what you're dealing with just power, uh, mediocre batting average, and in some some organizations especially national league organizations it's going to be tough to find room for that type of player uh, because he's not a huge asset uh, defensively but the cardinals have some guys that are just really crap in the bed i mean dexter fowler and marcelo zuna are, are not that anyone should have been super high on dexter fowler coming into the year but i mean i think there was plenty of reason to be high on marcelo zuna and both of those guys just struggling so much that, I mean, you could see a case for, for starting to give him some at bats over those guys. You could see a case for getting Harrison Bader at bats over those guys. So I'm less confident that the, like I, I, you know, when we talked about this two or three weeks ago, I was pretty confident that he was going to need a a significant injury uh, to get into the lineup on a semi-regular basis I've kind of changed my tune on that a bit. I think that those guys have been so bad and the Cardinals are, are built to win right now that they might just decide that he gives them a better shot and that wouldn't be unfounded to this point. So I, I think that he's got a better opportunity to get at bats than he did uh, a few weeks ago, but I'm not really changing my tune on just the outlook of what he can provide from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, the skills are what they are, and I do think there's a chance that he could become a pretty – Pretty much a fixture in that lineup. I think it'd probably come with the expense of Fowler, just given how much they paid up for Ozuna. But I mean, Fowler's been so so bad. Um, you want to make a pick on your next call up? I mean, I let's just let's just uh, keep it rolling with Vlad Junior. Okay, yeah. I'm just going to keep picking be, him until yeah. he's up, and then it's coming very. Then soon. once he's up, then we can get the streak yeah, going. Yeah, then you'll be on a roll, yeah, and yeah, yeah, you can uh get get hot at the plate, I mean so what's speak. the guy got to do to get a call really it's absurd I mean he is <laughs> just I mean he could come up and be like the top five player in baseball I'm my, convinced of that my Twitter feed every single day is basically there'll be a video of Vlad hitting a bomb with like a bunch of people liking it and retweeting it and it's like stuck on my timeline and it's like Groundhog's Day like every yeah. single day like I just open it happens it up. like during the day like yeah. I guess they're playing yeah. a bunch of like, like weekday oh, day game here's the bomb he hit today it's ridiculous. oh cool oh he hit it far again that's cool and then like next day same thing <laughs> well looking at the 2018 draft outlooks that you've put together uh, first name that jumps out to me is Noah Naylor good to see that Josh is bloodlines uh, baby yeah hell yeah i want to be betting on those bloodlines similar build i'd imagine no similarly beefy no no you know i actually had to go back and look because i wanted to be accurate uh can you guess how much josh naylor weighed as a 17 year old amateur how tall was he i think he's like six foot six foot say like 230 Ooh, 225 oh wow that's a beefy 17 year old <laughs> um 
That's a real beefy <laughs> Six foot. I mean, if he was like six five, yeah. it'd be a different story. Uh, Noah is, uh, what is he, like, I think he's 190. Um, and so not quite as hefty, uh, but, you know, a bat first guy, just like his brother. Uh, he's kind of weird because he is trying to prove that he can be a catcher and I just don't see, I don't see any, any chance at all of that happening, but that's sort of the scouting, like the, when people are writing up Noah Naylor, they're like, well, a team that really likes him is going to think he can stick behind the plate. I, I honestly don't think a team exists that, that thinks he's going to stick behind a plate, but uh, he's got a good arm. So maybe third base corner outfield, something like that. Not quite as much pop as, as big brother, Fewer weight issues. Uh, I mean, few, even with fewer weight issues, I, it's hard to imagine those knees holding up <laughs> behind the plate. Yeah. Um, it seems like very far-fetched. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, I mean, he's not – he's kind of a – you know, when it's all said – I'm going to have a piece next week where I rank, I don't know, top 20, top 25 pro- fantasy prospects from the class. He'll be kind of a borderline – add there whether whether or not he makes top 20 top 25 bat first is nice but uh might not be enough thump in that bat to to make up for the fact that we don't really know where he's going to play well jumping back to the top of this list casey mize what can you tell me about this guy uh so this is the first draft probably since the steven strasberg draft where I think there's a good case for saying the best fantasy prospect from the draft is a pitcher. I'm trying to think if I'm missing one in between now and there where that was the case. Uh, but I, I think that it was probably the Steven Strasburg draft. Um, and it's like, you could definitely make a case for, a, for some of the hitters being better assets than him. But I mean, this is a guy that might have four or five plus pitches. He's got, a uh, splitter that is a a seventy grade pitch might it, it's it's an upper eighties splitter that might be the best pitch in the entire draft class. Uh, Mid nineties fastball, slider, cutter, changeup, all project as as plus offerings. Really, the only knock on him and oh, and I'm actually proud of this body comp. I think he he looks a lot like Max Scherzer on the mound, like just kind of a good thing. Six foot two, two ten, just tree trunk, lower half. Uh, and he, the, the one knock is that he, he missed time in 2017 with a flexor strain in his forearm. And I think there are some people that are still a little bit worried about the medicals and, and, think that there's a chance that he could need Tommy John surgery sooner than later. I still think that just with the stuff, like even if you told me he was going to miss a full season between now and when he gets to the big leagues, he's still at least a top five guy in this class. And and I think there's a chance that he just, people are overblowing the medical issue just because he is such a slam dunk. No, number one pick that people are starting to kind of pick him apart a little too much. Um, but yeah, he's a uh, you know big power righty from from Auburn. Uh, I expect the Tigers to take him number one overall, and I think he'll be a top fifty prospect from day one for fantasy. Uh, not sure how much higher than that he'll be, uh, but I mean, this is a guy that he could he could head straight out to high A or to double A if they if all the medicals come back clean and they want to let him keep pitching this season. I mean, really advanced arm. Very interesting. I want to ask you about a kid that's up in our neck of the woods, kind of a big X factor in this draft, Jared Kalenic. I mean, the, the tools don't jump off the page. And I think the biggest thing here is that it's just hard to evaluate a kid who's playing in Wisconsin against a uh, low level competition to put it nicely. But uh, what do you think, teams will see in him and do you think some team takes him in the first half of the first round uh yeah i think i I can't really see him falling much lower than like 15 or 16 and and there's a there's a decent chance he could go top 10 uh you know he he obviously hasn't had 
he hasn't faced much great competition in Wisconsin, but he's been on the, the showcase circuit for a couple of years. So big league teams have seen him square up premium velocity, uh, of the prep hitters in this class, I think there are guys with louder tools that, that have a higher upside, but he might be the most well-rounded of all the prep hitters. Like if you just wanted to bet on one guy to be an everyday big leaguer who contribute a little bit across the board, it, it's probably Kalenic. I think he's a top 10 fantasy asset from the class, kind of borderline top five guy. Uh He's a better runner right now than he is a power hitter, but I think as he fills out, that'll kind of flip-flop, and he'll be more of a power guy than a speed guy by the time he's in his early to mid-20s. Um, nice. Certainly certainly an exciting guy from a fantasy perspective. That's another X factor, though. I mean, Jordan Adams, four-star wide receiver recruit, uh, and there's also the, the, the fact that his father's the defensive line coach, at North Carolina, he's committed there. Uh, do you think he's lured out of that commitment, or uh, do you think he, we'll end up seeing him fall because teams are so scared that he won't sign? I think he, you know there just aren't enough guys. Uh, some team and probably a handful of teams are going to just fall in love with his upside because there just aren't a ton of prep guys that you can really dream on in this class. So I think somebody in the top... You know, I guess he I guess he wouldn't have to go top fifteen to get like a top ten bonus, but I think he, he, he might land a top ten bonus no matter where he goes. Uh there's some teams with some flexibility. Uh like the Royals and the Rays are, are capable of, of really paying up for a guy uh, outside of the top ten. So yeah, I think he gets bought out of that commitment to North Carolina. It's a nice bargaining chip. I mean I'd I'd love to be his agent. I mean you could you could probably get uh pretty sizable bonus uh, based on that that aspect but he's kind of of all the players in this draft he's probably the one you can dream on the most from a fantasy perspective just because he's a he's at least a 70 grade runner might be an 80 grade runner has not really hit for a ton of power in games but he's got plus raw power that he'll show off in in batting practice and it's kind of the same thing that we hear with guys like Joe Adele last year, you know, kind of the Byron Buxton sort of story where it's like, can he hit? Because we know that he's got plus raw power. We know that he's just going to be a burner on the bases. What's the batting average going to look like? And, you know, if you guess right on that in a in a Dynasty League draft and, and he ends up being able to hit like Joe Adele's looking like he's able to hit this year, then you might have the best player from the entire class. Very interesting, man. Uh, I mean, the kind of athleticism you certainly can dream on. Um, these names just you know blending together to me, they don't mean anything. But you've been putting time in on this prep. Anybody you want to talk about in particular? <coughs> yeah, I, I just want to like kind of a, a philosophical sort of an internal debate that I'm having is – there are these two these two hitters. One's a college bat. One's a, a prep guy that that might have uh, the two highest power ceilings in the draft. Uh, Alec Baum from Wichita State, and then uh, Nolan Gorman. Fitting name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Nolan Gorman's a, a prep third baseman from Arizona. There's a chance that both of them are just too bad defensively to play anywhere other than first base or DH. And they have some questions still about their offensive profiles. Like bomb is expected to go in the top 10. Uh, Gorman, I think is expected to go top 12, top 15. And to me, there's, there's as much risk, even though these are bat first guys that from a fantasy perspective, we typically gravitate towards. I think there's more risk than, people are accounting for when you factor in the defensive shortcomings because like if if both of them max out offensively then it's fine like the the battle play at first base the battle play anywhere uh but if say like there are questions about alec Baum's bat speed and whether or not he's gonna be able to hit premium velocity whether or not 
his bat is quick enough to be an impact hitter against pro pitching with Gorman there are just a ton of questions about the hit tool like is he is he going to hit for a high enough average to get to all that power in games and when you have those questions and they're probably going to provide zero value with their glove to me that's that's worrisome and I'm not gonna probably not going to end up with either guy in any dynasty league drafts just because I'd, I'd probably rather have a, a well-rounded guy where there are fewer question marks, maybe not quite the same amount of upside, but uh, like a guy like Travis Swaggerty is a college outfielder with above average tools uh, or at least average to above average tools across the board. Uh, Trevor uh, Larnack is a, is a college outfielder with a chance for a plus hit tool plus power like those guys to me carry less risk. Jonathan India, uh, third baseman from Florida fits this bill to me as well. Uh, those guys carry less risk and the upside might be there. Like it might be able to match those guys. And if, if not, it's just a tick below. And I, I was texting our buddy Chris Welsh, uh, this week and I sent him my like kind of preliminary top five. He's like, no Alec bomb. Like, exclamation point exclamation point um and it's like yeah i i don't know it's not a profile i'm in love with like i i don't mind finding guys like this like if you find like a reese hoskins or a peter alonzo on waivers in a dynasty league that that can pay dividends but i don't really want to invest a really high pick in in a guy like that where you know if if all of a sudden Alec Baum is only like 80% the the hitter that uh, people think he might be, then I don't know if the bat plays as in an everyday role. And if Nolan Gorman's hit tool is as, is as poor as, as his detractors think it is, then I don't think he plays in an everyday role. So I think there's, there's more risk than meets the eye with some of the bat first guys in this draft. Yeah. Interesting. I, I think it was laid out really well and I'm with you that, I mean, just a, a one-dimensional skill set does scare me for a guy just coming into professional ball because, yeah, I mean, something goes wrong. Maybe it's not doesn't play up as much against pro pitching. I mean, it's just going to be hard for them to carve out a regular spot in the majors. I think if you have a more well-rounded skill set, there are a lot of different avenues, and you know, maybe you improve here or there, and you kind of puts you over the top. But yeah, just having one skill alone is is pretty risky. Uh, but great stuff, James. We appreciate it. If you want to get James's uh, live up to the minute draft pick analysis when the draft goes down, definitely sign up for a free 10 day trial. Rotowire.com slash pod. You can follow the draft and get James's thoughts on every pick in the first four or so rounds. But, James, we're going to move on to our latest entries into our top hip hop cla- uh, collaboration countdown lists. I got a pick that. You know, this is from a rapper, uh, it's actually his track that we don't really talk about. You know, we've been grading rappers, talking about rappers for a while. I don't know if Big L's name has come oh, up. Oh, okay. I'm a big, Big L guy. Did we never grade Big L? I don't think we so. We might not have. I, I honestly don't have, and it, it's probably my fault. I, I think you maybe brought him up as a guy that we should grade. And, you know, I know a few tracks. I just don't, I didn't know enough to give him like a fair grade. So I might have mm-hmm. overruled that suggestion. But what, which Still track do you got? Well, I got, and this is um, kind of interesting because there was actually a, a, a remix of this with Biggie. But I'm not counting that because it was unreleased for a long time. And it's, I think it's a Biggie verse that has been used elsewhere. And so it doesn't really count for me. But Deadly Combination with Tupac. That's my choice in the century. I, I love Big L, and the Big Picture was an awesome album. Uh, Lifestyles of the Poor and Dangerous was really good too. But the, but the Big Picture was an album that you know I spun for years, and, and Deadly Combination with Pac is uh, a really great track. Rest in peace to both guys. Uh, I think that's a track that holds up, and I felt should have a, a spot on my list. What do you have? You heard that song? No, I have not. Um, that, I recommend yeah, checking that out. That's a indictment on me. Um, <laughs> not necessarily. I mean, Big L was not popular in the mainstream really at all. No. And I, I am probably more of a mainstream guy than you are. Um, well, I'm not labeling you that, but well, I'm just saying 
at the time, I could definitely see, you know, we were what's, in our formative years, it could slip through the cracks. What's so. your, like, story, what's your origin story with you uh, coming across that track? You know, I I actually remember my brother downloading a bunch of MP3s, and it was just an MP3 he downloaded. Then one of us got the big picture in the early 2000s. Um, can't remember exactly where I first heard it, but I, it was definitely a song that was on an MP3 just mix that we burnt. Who's got the better verse in that that track? I think it's Big L. All right. Yeah, I was I was expecting you to say that. But yeah. I, just wanted to I, I definitely recommend and thanks to, is it Andrew? I always forget his name. I feel bad about it. But the guy putting together our uh, playlist, he'll definitely throw that one on there and check it out for yourself. Hell yeah. I'm excited for that. Um, let's see. I just wanted to see if I could dig up uh, his Twitter handle just to give him a shout. Yeah, I was going to do that um, too. <laughs> well, let's see here. That's, this is great radio. By the way, 78 All-Star. Love the stash oh. uh, logo. Dude, 78 All-Star. Um, that's a hell of oh, Andrew Redding, by the way. Yeah. A.W. Redding. Yeah, on Twitter. give A.W. Redding a follow on Twitter and then subscribe to that Spotify playlist if you want to be able to listen to all these elite collabos in real time. Uh, at 78 All-Star, I know he's a graphic designer uh, and a, a baseball junkie. He creates uh, logos for fantasy baseball teams if you want to throw him a small fee he will create a personalized team logo for your fantasy baseball teams i think that's a pretty cool idea yeah that's a sweet side hustle yeah that's a great side hustle um my my uh collabo for this week's episode is a track that i'm sure a lot of people just knowing you know where my interests lie might have expected to be a bit higher on this list but it's The What, Notorious B.I.G. featuring nice. Method Man. Great song. It's a, it's a high-end collabo. Um, yeah, it'll be higher on my list. I am a little surprised <laughs> that it's not higher on yours. But. Here, well, well, let me explain. And yeah, this is gonna, it's going to sound like I'm throwing shade on the track, and I, I don't want it to come across that way. But it just, I've kind of played it to death. Like, I really don't listen to it that much anymore mm-hmm. at all. And it, it's it's kind of a backhanded compliment because it's like I listen to it so much that I just don't listen to it anymore. But, uh, you know, it's got such an, a grimy, like early nineties, old school sound to it that I don't, it holds up a little bit. I, I don't think it holds up as well as, as some other tracks that are on this list. I mean, the verses hold up better. I mean, they're, they're amazing verses by, by Biggie and Method Man, uh, kind of a tough call who who's better lyrically on this one it's probably one of method man's top two or three efforts and obviously biggie's bringing it but i'm also a life after death over ready to die biggie guy i think he he gets a lot better as a as a rapper um between those two albums and it's i don't know i i like his rapping style a bit more uh later on uh so there will be a more biggie representation coming up on my my countdown here but um you know no shame in being a top 15 collaboration of all time no not at all and i was kind of in a similar boat with california love which is not going to make your list but yeah i have played it to death and that hurt it my view but um still finding room for both both of those in mind but uh what number was that was that 14 on our list are we at 14 or are we at 13 I mean, it might have been 13 i didn't look in a couple weeks, but um, yeah, continue on. And thanks again to Andrew for creating the Spotify playlist. We th- um, that was fourteen, so we have okay. We have thirteen so. more. Oh no, no, that was thirteen. So we have twelve more tracks coming up. Nice man. Well, I mean, each spot now just comes with more weight. You know. Yeah. I think you got to really feel good and stand behind your picks. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so much fire yet to come. Obviously. Uh, I wonder if we're going to run into any controversy at all. Um, we'll, we'll see. I have I, a feeling we might. I Oh, I actually have, you know, not breaking news, but 24-hour-old news. 
I made a change at the top. I flipped one and two yesterday for, yeah. for me. So Vladdy. Um, no, not not on the prospect rankings on my top twenty collabs. Oh, really? Yeah, I thought I had number one set in stone, and I listened to to number two, and I was like, "This has to be number one." So I did a did a late switch. So um, wow. some some controversy within my own rankings. Big implications there. <laughs> um, looking forward to that. I'm I'm interested now because what possibly could that be? I, I'll have to think about it, but. Good stuff, James. We appreciate it again. We'll get, catch you guys next week on the Roadwire Prospect Podcast, brought to you by FanDuel. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.